Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. I got a quick shout out, um, if we may, to Rowan Ulrich. Um, mm. Because, you know, any guesses of what what he did? This is a power move. Very, very cool. Think big. Uh, he I bought you some Lego. He sent me Legos. Dude. Nice. He sent me Legos. That's nice. right. So, that is, that's <laughs> super cool set. Um, I don't know what he would say to it, but is it a car, a spaceship, a vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> Super cool, uh, and it's a dollars this time. <laughs> it's a house. I would say it, it kind of reminds me of like a little hut that Luke Skywalker would live in. Uh, cool. Big fan. He's the best. I would actually, I would say that this episode should be named after him, or at least in the subtitle, Rowan is the man. I'm just going to throw it out there. I like but that. Big, big shout out. That's, that's pretty epic. Is, is this, is Rowan Ulrich any relationship to Megan Ulrich? That would be her son. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Man, dude. Rowan is her son, and he sent you Legos. Yes. That's awesome. Dude, that is how old is he? Sweet. Oh man. I don't know for sure how old he is. I think he's um, like, he's just like six yes. or so. He's pretty young. He's probably six. Let's say six. Yeah, let's say six. Remember when we when we chatted with Megan, I think he was either four or five, and that was <laughs> only a year ago or two well, years ago. If he was five <laughs> a year ago, then... <laughs> I think that math checks out. <laughs> it was five minus four is one, so that's good. But if you double that, then... Um, yeah, and so it was... Apparently, he overheard it on the podcast that I like Legos and didn't have any. So he sent me some. And then um, I had a re- I had requested a few extra uh, books from Megan for my mom and sister. So when she sent those, she sent the the Lego set from Master Builder Rowan as nice. well. So it was it was like the best thing ever to get That's- because I got you know some some copies of this awesome book of poetry. Um, yeah, shout out to that everyone. Stop what you're doing. Go buy. Return Unto Me by Megan Ulrich. And, but the Legos as well. That's so That's cool, awesome. dude. Rowan, Doesn't that give you some hope in the world? That absolutely does. That's a great name, Rowan. Love that name. Hey, Rowan, I love uh, flat screen TVs, <laughs> Lamborghinis, and Mustangs. Big boats, yachts, even. So don't have any of those. I love Honer harmonicas in the key of A. <laughs> steaks. I like steaks. Good steak. Good steak. <laughs> That's so my, you know my mom almost bought you Legos. No. Yeah, she she was real close, but she would have gone way overboard, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, it would have been like every Lego set that has ever been made. 
this was I think the we, perfect. I asked you I before, but do you do you kind of like the freestyle or you like to go off the instructions? I've always uh, been an instruction guy. That doesn't which was, surprise that, me. That was so great about this is that it was, you know, I think, I don't know, I don't want to speak into it, but it seemed like it was maybe from a, kind of a master builder freestyle set, but he sent me his instructions as well to build the house. Oh, that's cool. very cool. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Ro Rowan is the man. I have a, I have a couple shout outs um, since we're doing this segment now. Um, <laughs> one is uh, one of my students, G1 Lee, who uh, was at the Q&A thing the other night and uh, didn't get a chance to shout her out. She put something in the chat that she's our biggest fan. And uh, I, she told me a few months ago, maybe first semester, that she she started listening to the podcast and she, she loves it a lot. So... Shout out to G1. Um, you're awesome. And then also, I need to forward you guys this, but John Lawless sent me oh, a, uh, a rap uh, that he did over the other day when our computers got all wonky and I just was going hootie, 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 hootie. <laughs> he, put, he put like a, a beat to it and did a rap over it. And let me just re read you the lyrics. What? Um. I'll send it to you guys, but he goes, Three Dogs North, there's no need for discussion. Fighting for the podcast like the Ducks against the Russians. Seabisk takes, <laughs> takes the lead, and he's always dropping knowledge. New life in Christ got him growing anabolic. Father Mike might be a jock, but he isn't sleeping. The deepest of fathers when it comes to exegesis. Juice comes in hot when the fellas start to flail. Always has a topic for discussion. You know he can't fail. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's pretty hood. That is, that's like some deeply knowledgeable info about us as well. I know. <laughs> From so the, thanks, John. That is awesome. Yeah, I please got a, send I got that a over. good laugh out of that. That's awesome. Anyway, well, I'll see you guys next week. Good. Yeah, that sounds good. Dude, I think from the very beginning, one of my favorite parts about doing the cast has been the, the fan interaction. It's legit. We have very creative, excellent, excellent fans, and I, yeah. I, yeah, I love getting stuff from them, and yeah, the the live interaction never. I've always chalked it up to our uh, our very subliminal marketing strategy that we are not on any lists or very few like lists of Catholic podcasts. People either have to stumble upon us or hear about us from somebody else who listens. So. I just, it seems like everybody who listens is someone I like. It's not, you don't have a lot of haters <laughs> who are like browsing Catholic podcasts and be like, I don't like these guys. They never say anything. <laughs> we, I'll admit our podcast is not for everybody, but for those who listen, they, they apparently like it. So thanks guys. The best. The best. Well, I got a question for you guys. I've been mulling over and well, I mean, you, you even kind of mentioned it this morning, Rob, uh, the question from the Q and a, it kind of stumped. It actually did stump me was, uh, I think it was the final one is, you know, considering the state of affairs and nationally and all the different stuff that's going on, where do you find hope? And, uh, yeah, I guess I just wanted to, to throw that out there, see if y'all had thought any more about it. Cause I, I've definitely been thinking about it a little bit. 
Uh, and Rob, you mentioned this morning that receiving Legos from Rowan definitely gave you hope. Uh, yeah, but just wanted to see if y'all had any follow-up thoughts on that question. I thought it was a good one. It's a good one. I want to hear your thoughts. What have you been thinking about? Well, I definitely related with, you know, the little bit of what you said, Rob, was that there's a lot of individual personal moments that have provided hope. Um, like honestly, my new pastor, he's just seeing him and like seeing his priesthood has been so, uh, so life bringing and has, has brought a lot of hope and, and real deal joy, um, that he's given me a vision of what priesthood could look like, uh, that's so happy and so, um, so well ordered and like beautifully human. It's a beautifully human priesthood and that that's been very hopeful, but, but I've also been really latched onto an idea that, um, Jacques Philippe proposes in his book, interior freedom, which I've been going through. It's all of his books are so dang good, man. They're short, sweet and to the point and they're digestible and I know they're just, they're really good. And, he says that um, as humans, we need to have love mediated through the eyes of another. And what he means by that is like, you can't just um, think of the idea that you're loved and then really believe it deeply in your heart, but you actually need to see it in the face of another that you are loved. Um, either from a parent or a friend or a sister or, you know, a sibling or something like that. Um, but that's something that we, we need to actually see present in an objective, like in, in an, another outside of us in order to believe that it's really true. And, and he says that's where real authentic freedom and hope comes from. That when you see the face of the father and you see the love that he has for you in in his eyes, like you really begin to believe that you are lovable, even despite all of your um, difficulties and limitations and sinfulness. And um, and I, so I've just been like really latched onto that idea and have really been trying to look at the face of Jesus and to find that hope. And, and it has been present here. And as I've moved to this new parish, um, like legitimately just finding hope in the face of Christ. Because isn't that, isn't that so cool that the Father, like, he, he wants us to see his love for us in such a real way that he actually sent his son to take on flesh, who he actually has a face and he actually has eyes. Like, Jesus has eyes that you can see his love for you in his eyes and you can actually hear his voice. And that, that, that's not... It's not a metaphor. It's not just an idea. And and so just being able to come down and sit before the face of Jesus um, and and receive that hope. You know, it's still a bit vague and it's more of a desire right now, but it's it has been an idea that has um, kind of taken grasp of me, but, but has brought me a lot of hope. Like in the face of another, I can see the love that he has for me. So those are the two things I'd say my pastor and Jesus's face. That's awesome. I would say for me, I, 
I've thought about it, uh, especially Monday and Tuesday yesterday is the first week of the semester is starting. And we have these welcome week things. And I think the stump the priest to me was very encouraging how many people showed up and the good questions and uh, how fun it was. Uh, but earlier in the day, we were out handing out flyers for it and the other events we're doing this week and trying to give away hot chocolate and um, campus is just empty, man, like even more than last semester. And um, so it, I was I was more worried about the missionaries and, and whatnot getting discouraged. I'm like, yeah, normally welcome week first semester, you know, the first week of the semester is just like outreach, outreach, outreach. And, uh, like even more so for me and, and them and our, our team, it will be like mutual encouragement, you know, and Tuesday morning we, we did our holy hours. We always do at eight 30 in the morning and some kids came, uh, we had more kids at the Newman center yesterday. Uh, mass was pretty full and just something in the holy hour. I'm like, man, I am so grateful as a priest to have this community, the staff, um, the people that work here. And then the, you know, these students that show up, um, there is faith here and it's very, very real. And it's kind of like the five loaves and two fish, like the smaller, the offering, the more unlikely, the success, the greater, the grace. And I, I really do believe that. Um, and God is doing awesome things. And it looks like we're going to be able to do the chapel this summer. And, um, you know, if, things work out and next next year we we open back up like the what we're doing right now to till the soil and plant seeds is so important um and that's encouraging and I, I just uh I cracked open jeremiah read jeremiah 31 in the holy hour the other day and the return of the exiles and just the the constant message of hope in the old testament and you think their life man you think ours is crazy 2020 was such a bad year like our temple didn't get destroyed and all of our people get exiled to some other country, you know, like the, the, the strife and suffering slavery in Egypt and God's constant encouragement to his people that like, I have good plans for you. You're going to be wowed when you see it. Um, and then in Jesus, you do see it. Uh, and that was a reading yesterday from Hebrews. I, I preached a little bit about um, this experience I had in the Holy Sepulcher with Scott where we, we snuck into a little uh, private mass with this Franciscan priest. It was just me and Scott and this priest inside the tomb. And he said mass and he had me read the reading for the day, which was yesterday, uh, the reading from Hebrews about, uh, we do not yet see all things subject to him, but we do see Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, in this tomb where it's empty, the sign of the resurrection is that he's not here. And yet here he is in the Eucharist and... The world can keep on spinning, but this is the center and this is what's real. And uh, I really believe that. And you, you need to have those epiphany moments. Where, like nothing else is happening in the world except this, you know, this is where he is. Um, so that's given me some hope. Yeah. Um, Honestly, getting the Legos was really awesome. For me. <laughs> um, I, I do actually just keep going back to things like, like I think, I don't know if I've talked about it on the cast. I think I've told you guys of, it's really been, gosh, that's probably 
four months now, um, like a very centering thing in, in prayer and, and direction has just been, um, man, if you, if you stay like, or not, not you, if I stay right with Jesus and this is, this is what he's calling me to today, then his grace has been just like abundant and life is full of gratitude um, and very, very happy. And it, as soon as it turns into like strategy or, um, you know, <clears throat> what things are going to look like two years from now or how we're going to make it through anything like that, it's like, no, just you start to you feel, um, I feel myself losing, losing peace. But as long as I stay hmm. like literally just right with him, then it's fine. Like it's, it's actually, it's actually really, um, really good. And I, I might follow that up with, um, just something that, so I'm, uh, just finished Peterson and then I've never actually read it cover to cover. So I just started, it'll probably take me a little bit, but the, Bible? Uh, yeah, the Bible, that's it. Um, so it's really good. You guys should check it out. We should put it on the three dogs North reading list. It's yeah, it's, man, wild, wild stuff. Uh, <laughs> No, the book. You'll never uh, guess how it ends. <laughs> the, the book, uh, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. Hmm. And yeah, because I've, I, I always have had this connotation with it that it's like, if you're going to read, I, I don't know if you call them like business books or what, this one does seem to just be far and away, like above anything else that I've ever heard of. But it's interesting, even in reading a little bit before, everything, why it's been so enduring is because it's all character based and it's all like individually character based in, in you, which is really cool. So it's like these principles that he has noticed and he says right away that he, he didn't make these up. It's just things that he's kind of compiled of, of noticing. So he says they're almost like natural, natural laws hmm. in, in us. I know the first three are uh, personality mirroring, name repetition and never break a handshake but what are the other four <laughs> um nard dog wait what nifty, i don't know what you're referring to nifty gifties it's when uh when the two branches merge and and andy wants to be the uh next assistant manager the number two yeah. oh, <laughs> i thought and that's really funny. I thought you were talking about Father Mark Bernhardt. And I was like, wait, did he used to talk about this or what? I didn't get their office. <laughs> oh, Nard, Nard Dog. <laughs> Not that Nard Dog. Yeah. He's other. A, shout out really though. Good guy. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. I don't mean to like read too much into that. It's just like something. The the, the basic thing of what I'm saying there is um, it's continuing, continued to be the reality in my experience of the world is that um yeah the peace that we long for is accessible to us today that that's what my experience has has been and so that's kind of what i meant when i said that on the stump the priest thing was yeah if um if i actually kind of that, that um maybe that's how in the experience of my life the the face of jesus like that's what it it looks like it looks like this you know uh, parish in Maryville, Illinois, and um, right. one college campus amongst a lot of them, you know. But that's where um, the Lord has me, and that's actually really good. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's actually the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's that's wonderful, dude. Well, it's, um, it's Teresa's thing of like, I mean, that's gosh, that, I mean, that story you can just keep going back to that she tells in the story of a soul when she has like she's in a sense this young sister in this religious community and she has this this like vision one night of uh you know a beautiful like ball and all of her contemporaries there and everything and you can tell like there's a part of her that probably longs for it but then she's just going i think she's like wheeling a you know an elderly sister to um to dinner and you know it's like the sister is really grouchy to her and everything. And, and she says that she just like kind of puts that out of mind that, that uh, vision of like being with, you know, people her age and, and doing whatever she wants, whenever she wants and everything like that, because it's just not, not real. It's not what God wants for. Her. And I don't know. Do you guys know what story I'm referring to? It's beautiful. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. She envisions a big dining hall and, a fancy ballroom and beautiful dresses and fine china and all that. And then she says, no, that's not, it's not real. That's not where God has me actually. Hmm. Yeah. And she, she destroys that fantasy so that she can live in reality. Yeah. Which is pushing an old grouchy religious sister (laughs) who's ungrateful for her care and for her love. But she's like, no, even still, this is where the Lord has me. Oh man, that's that that feeling is so brutal, man. But that's, it's very real. That's so intense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the grass is greener thing. Um, I mean, it changes throughout your life. I think with what the fantasy is, but I mean, we joke about my Athos obsession, but I I do in times like this just think like, man, I don't understand what's happening. Um, but I don't like it, and I think I'd rather be a one of those monks that's just totally oblivious, has no idea what's happening on Twitter or in the news or, you know, is, is struggling to, to make sense for, for people of what's going on in the world. And, and, and not even just like the big political things, but like the social dynamics and um, relationships and, and helping shepherd and guide people through um, what I kind of see as like a breakdown of the culture and uh, people confused and hurt. And um, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. It's not like people is, are any worse than they were before, but it's just like, it seems like there's a vulnerability that I want to just escape, you know, and go, you know, those monks who get called to Mount Sinai or Mount Athos aren't like, I'm going to go there because it's my comfort zone. <laughs> those guys are going out there to, to die to themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an escape. It's, it's plunging into the cross mm. with Jesus, you know, and what I've just reflected on the last weeks and days is what I, you know, it's kind of like St. Paul when he said, I'd rather be dead in heaven than here. But since God wants me to be here, like I, I want to be here with you. Um, I think there, there's a healthy tension between your longing for the kingdom in its fullness and your desire to serve God and his people who, who he's put in your charge and, and who you're responsible for. So like this Newman Center, this diocese, this time and place in our world, you know, this is the moment in history and the place in it that he's put us in. And 
my responsibilities are what saved me, you know, like the things I have to do, the calls that within the call of the priesthood, uh, to serve and, and to shepherd people. Um, there's some really moving scene in one of the officer readings. I think it's Martin of Tours. He was an abbot, I think, right? And and every he's dying, and he's still like preaching to people and and giving them encouragement, even as he is wasting away. And they're all like, "What are we going to do without you?" And um, obviously, that's another fantasy that when I'm dying, there's going to be people around my bed like, "Give us one more, give us one more sermon, Father." <laughs> I'll just be. In some assisted living place, watching Jeopardy, uh, with their their fourth new host. Um, but you know what I mean. Like it's actually, I love, I love being responsible for people, and I love the people I'm responsible for. And um, that's that's it. What I, what I hear you guys saying is like, bloom where you're planted. That this is the reality is much better than our fake versions of reality that we kind of hold in our mind to as yeah. goals, you know? Yeah. And, and yet there's also space there and I don't really know exactly how it would work together, but um, there's also space for the Lord to work in our imaginations and in our dreams as well. But it, it has to come from, from reality, from the present uh, that if we don't accept what's given to us, then you actually can't, dream with the grace of christ like dream uh, dream with his eyes and his mind Be- because we, we don't want to just not look to the future we don't want to not have some sort of a vision of what the kingdom should be and, and what it will look like but it can only be done if if we accept you know what, what's what's present in front of us right now which is a tough tension so a question just came up for me and this is very quick but when um when we do our deathbed podcast who's gonna post it like if i'm dying and and recording the last podcast and like because of i assume we would publish our dying thoughts yeah for the people mm-hmm. like we should have somebody ready to post it for us i should give somebody the password right Just whoever's yeah i say whoever's changing my diapers at the time <laughs> they so can post it they should, they should also post it yeah, yeah. But that's it. They don't share the the password with anybody. Like, there's there's no like new host of three, of Three Dogs North. I would trust right. Rowan. <laughs> Dude, he's the first Kentucky. guy that came to mind. Yeah. Rowan. Yeah. Well, he gets, okay. He gets the password. Okay. Wait, is Rowan the password? And he is Shoot. the password. Dang oh. it! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let's calm down Thanks all right guys questions. i think rob had all a right. hard stop there yeah i do i got a i got mass here I'm coming see Good you guys love you guys peace bros peace Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball.
Spanky dogs. Spanky dogs. Good girl.